Welcome to the Direct Response Marketing Magic Podcast. Seth Green is a five-time best-selling author, speaker, and nationally recognized direct response marketing expert who is CEO of one of the fastest-growing direct response marketing firms in the country. To get free access to a download of his new book, Podcast Marketing Magic, and a free live training webinar that will show you how you can use a podcast to attract new customers and referrals like magic, simply register at www.ultimatemarketingmagician.com. On the podcast, Seth brings together some of the most cutting-edge thought leaders in the world to share with you how they grow their businesses, and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Hi, my name is Ella Green. The best marketing guy is my dad. First, he helps people with with marketing magic. Next, if you need marketing help, he will help you. Finally, if he is a mat marketer, my dad is the best. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green, and today it is my good fortune to be interviewing Linda Goldman. Linda is an author of 40 books. She's got me beat by a few multiples. Uh, she has been writing and publishing books for over 25 years. She's been published by three major publishers, self-published multiple books, and sold internationally in 20 different languages. She's built multiple businesses from her books, including speaking, training, consulting, and coaching. And she's a sought-after natural health copywriter and has ghostwritten books for her clients. She's also now launching an online course, How to Write a Health and Wellness Book. It will bridge the gap for wellness professionals who want to be authors to build authority and grow their practices but don't want to pay hefty ghostwriting fees. Her course is a step-by-step process that leads to writing a book in as few as three months. Linda, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it's my pleasure. We are super excited to have you here. Let's go back in time a little bit because I know you didn't start out having 40 books. How did you get started? Well, that was a while ago. Um, I was a teacher. I was teaching English as a second language in, in the college level. And... Um, one of the other teachers wanted to write a book, and she wanted a co-author, so she went to all the other teachers on staff and asked them to co-author with her, and they all started laughing and saying, well, you'll never get a publisher. But I was the, the newest one and the most naive, so I said, well, I never wrote a book, but I'll give it a try. So we wrote a book, and we self-published it. We paid a lot of money in those days because that was the day before digital publishing. You had to, you know... I had to hire someone to design the book, and we printed multiple copies. And um, we got a deal, actually, at that time, Prentice Hall, which is one of the biggest um, educational publishing companies in the world, they were looking for authors to write, uh, to write books. And they saw our little self-published book, which was not actually very well designed, but it was good enough, and they gave us a publishing deal to write six books. So that was the start. That is absolutely incredible. And so how did you get from, what happened next after that? What, were, what was your first book and what were those six? 
Well, my first book was in that category. It was um, a textbook to teach English to foreign students. And so what they wanted was a series of textbooks in the same way, um, but going at different levels, like from beginner to more advanced students. So we did a series of textbooks. Um, and I'm in Canada. So these were the first um, Canadian books before all the books came from the U.S. or from the U.K. And so people wanted to know about, you know, they were coming here to learn English. They wanted to know about where they were. So the books were incredibly successful. Like we were the first on the market with that that kind of, um, you know, targeted book. So it, the books took off and sold phenomenally. And then that led to more series. So they asked us to write a grammar series. They asked us to write other series. Uh, then we got a series in the U.S. that did pretty well, not quite as well because there was more competition, but we did well. And each book was like six six books in a series. So I wrote multiple series um, leading up to about 27 books, more or less. Uh, and then by that time, I just couldn't write about that anymore. I'd written 27 books on the same subject, and I, I couldn't stand it. So I completely left that area, and I stopped teaching and uh, went into a different area. So um, I was working with a colleague, and so I said, well, what do we do now? Because one of the keys to our success is we did a lot of marketing of our books, and most teachers don't do that. Um, you know, they just let the publisher do it. But the truth is the publisher, you have to work with them. Uh, they won't do it all for you. So um, we went out. We were talking to teachers across Canada, across the U.S. We went into every major conference and we just spoke, and that's how we sold the books because people got to know us. So by that by that time, I just was tired of teaching. I didn't want to teach anymore. And so um, my my colleague, she, uh, we were just kind of discussing. Well, what do we do now? Because we have experience writing books, we have experience teaching, but I don't know what to do with it. And she said, Well. She was teaching um, at another university, and she said, you know, the business students, they don't know any business etiquette. Like, they get out into the world. They don't know how to go out for dinner. They don't know. They don't have any manners. They, they're very smart, but they're not taught this. So what if we wrote a, a business etiquette book? And I thought, well, that's got to be the stupidest idea I ever heard of. <laughs> but I had no other idea of what to do. So I said, okay, well, I, gave it, I did some research, and I thought, okay, <clears throat> I'll get trained as a business etiquette advisor, which I, I didn't even like. Um, and I ended up writing a book called How to Make a Million Dollar First Impression. And it's a great title. Yeah, it, it kind of was. There was the, the show at the time called How to Make a Million Dollars or something. I don't even remember now, but that was a while ago. And um, so our first thought was that we would sell it to students, graduating students. But graduating students would rather you know, spend twenty dollars on on beer in the evening than than on a book like that. So that was no, there was no market for it. We didn't do good market research. But just by accident, I went to some networking events where there happened to be at all a lot of salespeople. There's always a lot of salespeople at networking events, right? And I was carrying around the book, and people literally came up to me and put twenty dollars in my hand and took a copy of the book. So I thought, oh well, here's my market. It's salespeople. So they actually do want to know how to make a good impression. That's, you know, really vitally important for them. So um, that book did phenomenally well. Um, I got into a lot of companies, mainly pharmaceutical companies, because they do a lot of training, um, and the sales reps have to make a good impression. And they would, they bought literally thousands of copies of the book at a time, you know. And some U.S. companies found me. I don't even know how, and you know, would order two or five thousand copies of the book. 
so I thought, okay, well, that's that's pretty good. Um, and then I ended up meeting some people in the industry. We wrote a more targeted book called Prescription for Success, and that did really well because some companies bought like 10,000 copies of the book at a time. So so that was that was really good. That was self-publishing. Um, and I also sold the rights. By this time, I was working on my own. I, I was no longer working with anybody. And um, I found a foreign agent, and that book seemed to do very well because he sold the rights to I don't know, at least 15 or 20 different countries, maybe more. I mean, I have copies in Russian and Poland and Polish, and it was. I have a copy from Indonesia with a big bestseller sticker on it. There was a bestseller in Indonesia, and I can't even read the book. Um, it sold in Japan. It sold in China. I don't know a lot in in Mexico. A lot of different countries. I have a whole stack of books in, in languages I can't read. So, so that was kind of fun. I didn't make a ton of money, but I made I made some money uh, from every every um, book sale to a foreign country. Um, so I continued doing that, and then I I um, got approached by Oxford University Press, and they were doing a series of career books. Um, <clears throat> they had already done two, and they wanted a book called "You're Hired Now What." So, what happens after you get the job? Uh, how do you fit into the workplace if you're, a, you know, from a different country, if, if English is not your first language? So um, that one did pretty well, and it was actually an honor to be published by Oxford University Press because it's probably the most prestigious publishing company in the world. So that was sort of good for um, name recognition anyway. Uh, and then I decided um, to go into copywriting because I had a lot of skills in writing, and my, my love is writing about health. That's, you know, natural health. And so I spent the next quite a few years writing, um, being a copywriter. I got training, you know, to perfect my craft or to, to do it really well. Um, I've been copywriting for some major clients, some smaller clients, um, a lot of different people in the uh, natural health industry, some alternative health physicians, et cetera. And I also wrote some ghost wrote some books for some of them, which I, I can't say what who they are, but um but some of the books are out there. And so that's that's what brought me up to more recently when I decided to put this course together because I realized that, you know, there are there are people that can pay a ghostwriter and I don't know, Seth, if you know how much ghostwriters cost. Do you have any idea? I, I do not. Well, if you wanted to, to hire a ghostwriter to write a complete book for you, like a, a well-qualified ghostwriter. I'm not saying somebody from, you know, a foreign country that can barely write English. Then you could probably get it done pretty cheaply, but it wouldn't get you very far in your business. Um, it could start at twenty five, thirty thousand, and go up to 100000 or more. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah. Most people don't know that, but um, if you really want a successful book and, and with a really, um, you know, very experienced ghostwriter, it could cost that amount. So um, I, I have done some smaller books for people, not quite at that level, but some, some good books that, um, you know, a sort of a bit, bit shorter books. Um, and my clients were hiring me to do them. And so I thought, well, why not put together a course? Because so many people would approach me, and when I tell them my fee, they say, oh, I can't afford that, but I really want a book. I really so badly want to write a book. So I thought, well, all right, um, I'm going to do a pilot project and see how many people are actually interested. So I, I did one in the summer. I started in the end of May, and um, I had 10 hand-picked students, and um, I didn't charge that much. I charged a reasonable fee, 
And they have done phenomenally well. Like, they're just so excited. Their books are almost coming out. They've done, you know, I had two doctors. I had a nurse. I had two nutritionists, um, some some health coaches. So they're all doing different kinds of books related to health. And they're so excited because they're getting their message out to the world. They're passionate about what they're doing. And they have a chance to get their book out, whereas they, they just can't, you know, they can't pay twenty five or 50000 for a ghostwriter. Absolutely. I mean, that you're offering such a valuable service to the marketplace. I think that's great. What do you wish you knew? I mean, you've come so far and I mean, so much. What do you wish you knew when you started that you know now? Well, the one key thing I wish is that, um, <clears throat> you know, people think that if you get a publisher, first of all, people think you need a publisher. And for some people, that is a good idea. And for many people, it's not. And it's almost impossible to get a good publisher. But there's two things you need to know if you do get a publisher. First of all, you make very little per book. So um, most people make literally a dollar or two per book sale because the way publishing is set up is that the publisher gets 97% and you get you know a couple percent left over. Of course, they take on the risks of, of publishing. But um, so if you make a dollar or two per, per book, you've got to sell a lot of books in order to make some money out of your books. Not to say you can't, you can, but you know the circumstances have to be right and you have to do a lot of marketing. But what most people don't know is you can make a really good living from your book of, of the things that stem from your book, but not from your book itself. So for example, um, if your book gets out there and you get some consulting clients and you're a consultant or you um you have a training program an online program well think about it you can you can sell a book for 10 or 20 bucks like you can't really sell a book for more than the going rate of a book that's what books go for but you can sell a training program for 500 1000 2000 500 5000 you know it all depends on what you're offering and what the program is about you can get um a speaking gig you know if you're a speaker and you can charge you know $5000 for a speech once you have a book or you know many well-known speakers charge a lot more, so you can build a whole speaking career because of your book. And, you know, the media and, and conference leaders, I mean, they love authors. Like when a new book is coming out, that's when they're on the talk shows, um, you know, conferences or corporate events or whatever. Um, they would much rather have a keynote speaker who's an author of a book than someone who isn't because you're the authority. Um, they may buy thousands of copies of your book to give to all the people at the conference, or they may hand them out or they um, put them in the conference bag or they can sell them at the back of the room. So all of these ways are ways that you could really build an incredible business around your book, even if your book doesn't sell, even if your book you know, just doesn't sell very much for you. That's what people really don't know. That is absolutely incredible and great advice. You've written so much. How do you manage? How do you stay so productive? What are some of your secrets to your productivity? Well, I think it's it's kind of managing managing your time because I know that I'm a morning writer, and um, the first thing I do when I get up is I put in a couple of hours of writing. So if I'm scheduling an interview like this or anything else, I always do that in the afternoon because I'm just not as productive. Um, so it's really, you know, tapping in um, to your own, you know, kind of rhythms and, and what works best for you. And the other thing that I found is having deadlines. I have 
you know, in all the books I've written, I've had a deadline for every single one of them, even if it's a self-imposed deadline. I said, okay, like I'm, I'm going to this conference and I have the, I want to have the book ready, so it's got to be ready by this date. If I didn't do that, I probably wouldn't have a single book, because um, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm going to work on it a little bit every day. Well, that's good as long as you have a deadline and work backwards and say, okay, by this date it's got to be ready, because if you don't. It's just too easy to let life get in the way, and it's easy to get doubt, self-doubts get in the way, and then you start thinking, well, will anybody buy this? Well, you know, is it worth it? So I think you just have to decide, I'm going to do this because it's, it's important to me. I want to get this word out. I want to build my business in this way, and it's going to be ready by this date, and then um, you, just, you just do it. You just keep doing it till it's finished. Are there any software programs or applications you use to help manage your business or manage your productivity or make sure things get done by the right people at the right time? You know what? I'm not a big technology person. I mean, I use my computer. I use Microsoft Word. I know there are people that swear by Scrivener or this or that, and, and I think it's fine. Like some people love technology. Some people use the Pomodoro technique and set a timer. I mean, I think everybody's different and whatever works best for you. Um, you know, for me, it's just sitting in the chair and working. <laughs> That's what I do. I have my cup of coffee. I sit down. I know from, you know, 7.30 in the morning to 10.30, I kind of keep writing. I may get up, you know, for five minutes here and there, but that's my writing time. And uh, then I, I get a lot done by then. And then after that, you know, then I answer phone calls or emails or, or do other things. But it's just, it's just really prioritizing and then finding what, what, what works best for you. You've had such an incredible career, such an incredible career so far. What do you like best about your business? What do I like best? Yeah. Um, I, I love my students, the students in my course. I love working with them. I love shaping their books, um, you know, getting ideas together, thinking about the cover, the title, uh, how it's going to build their business. Um, I, I truly actually love books themselves. I love reading them. I love writing them. And so I guess um, showing other people how to do that is just is so much fun for me. You know, like as a copywriter, I'm writing other people's stuff. And sometimes it's, it's really interesting, sometimes maybe not as much. You know, I have to write what, what they want me to write as far as selling a product. But this is selling what I'm passionate about. So that's why it's so much fun. Of course, it's just flowing through you. What is the best advice you've ever gotten? Hmm. <clears throat> that's a that's a good i a good question. Um, I don't know. I guess if you feel you want to do something, do it even if you have self doubts. Like I think every single person that writes a book, and even if you've written many books, you still have self doubts. Like, will anybody buy this? Whatever. But I think you should still do it even if you have self doubts. Like even if you're afraid, you know, there's a book feel the fear and do it anyway. Um, even if you're afraid to do it, just do it because. It opens opportunities that you'll never conceive of right now. Like until you do it, you don't know what the opportunities are. But once you have the book, you start connecting with people. You start finding ways to get it out there. People start finding you. So, you know, even if you're worried or you're afraid that you can't write or you're not a good writer, I mean, there's techniques, there's ways. You get a good editor. There's ways to get it done. So don't let it stop you. If you if you have a message that you want to get out there, if you feel you can help people, and you know my audience is mainly health and wellness people, so these are people that transform other people's health. They transform people's lives, 
And so if you if you have something that you want to share, I think you really have to share it. You should share it because um, you never know whose who's life you're going to transform just by writing what you've learned in your practice. Absolutely. What are three of the best books you've ever read that have had the most impact on your work and you can't quote something you wrote? Uh, not something I wrote. No. Um, it's funny. I've I've read so many books. I, I mean, I'm constantly reading both fiction and nonfiction at the same time. Um, you know, fiction before I go to sleep and nonfiction during the day. You know, the most memorable books are my Nancy Drew books. Those were the, literally the first books I, I read when I was a child, and they turned me on to reading. And I thought this is like a magical thing to go into another world and learn about other people and, and you know, enter a different space. And so I've always loved reading because where else can you access so much brilliance, the most brilliant minds on the planet that have ever lived, for, you know, 10 or $20, I mean, or, or at the library. You could just access anything. And, um, yeah, I couldn't even tell you what – I have stacks of books, and I couldn't even tell you the, the most um, – influential because I think every single book I've read has somehow given me something. Maybe some are, you know, stand out more in my mind. I've read many health books that have transformed my health. Um, you know, what I eat and everything else that comes from so many of the books I've read. Uh, so they've, I guess business and health books both have transformed me. Uh, business books have taught me so much as well because, um, you know, you could, you could access the minds of so many great business leaders and people that have achieved all kinds of things. So I guess those are the categories of books aside from fiction, which which I love. Um, Who is an ideal client for your course? Uh, my ideal client for my course is any wellness or health practitioner uh, that has a message they want to share with the world um, on how to how to be healthier or how to get rid of some kind of pain. And, you know, the reason people buy a health book, you know, fiction you read for entertainment. Um, but the reason anybody buys a health book is, is basically two reasons. Either you have some kind of pain or discomfort or problem that you want to solve, or you aspire to something. You want to have more energy or, you know, look younger or whatever it is. So those are the basic two things. People want a transformation. They want to go from where they are now um, to some other, some other better place. And so if you have any kind of, you know, system or method or wisdom that you've gleaned over the years, you've, you've treated many people with this kind of problem and you want to share it with the world, then, um, I think that the book is the perfect vehicle to do that. And then to launch some kind of, um, uh, media empire, if that's what you want. Uh, I was just doing some research on how many, you know, doctors, nutritionists, fitness people have written books, and they don't always make money from their books. Some of them, you know, maybe don't, but then they have programs and they have coaching systems and they have, uh, you know, all kinds of other, you know, uh, they do events and they do all kinds of other things, and so that's how they really make their living. So, but the book is the cornerstone. Like, that's, that's what gets out there. That's what you could give away or you could sell inexpensively so people know, like, and trust you. And Seth, as you know, on the internet now, I mean, there's so many people out there that you really have to get that know, like, and trust factor before anyone will will buy anything that you want to sell, right? 
Um, and that's the only way. That's the only way nowadays is is to get that no like and trust factor. Absolutely fascinating interview. Incredible journey you've been on. We will put the link to your course in the show notes. Um, Linda, thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's been fun talking with you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will talk to you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this special productivity series of the Direct Response Marketing Podcast. I've interviewed hundreds of the most successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and CEOs all over the world. And I want to share with you one of the biggest ways I've discovered to triple your productivity that I've learned from these amazing people. Even better, I'll pay you $500 to test drive it. Just go to take the 500 challenge.com that's www.takethe500challenge.com to learn more thanks so much for listening this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com